It's time for another exciting episode of Dr. Will's Health Geek Podcast, where we bring you interviews from professionals and experts from all aspects of the health and wellness industry to arm you with the latest and greatest in the areas of fitness, nutrition, and movement. And now your host, his favorite subject in school was recess, Dr. Will. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Health Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Will, and I am very excited about my guest joining me today. If you are a parent or a soon-to-be mom trying to be a mom or recently gave birth and you're just wanting to raise a healthy baby, this episode is for you and I know you're going to love it. My guest today has been in full-time practice for the past 30 years and is the founder of the first comprehensive pediatric program and community outreach called Peter Pan Potential. She also personally mentors chiropractors with a dream of growing their own family wellness practice in her generation's coaching program. She is the past president and served for 25 years on the board of the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association and is on the postgraduate faculty of Life University, which is my alma mater. In 1997, she received the Chiropractor of the Year Award from the World Chiropractic Association. You're going to get a chance to hear about her background, but she's a second-generation chiropractor, and when she's not in practice, she has a very busy schedule teaching others and writing for various publications. She literally wrote the textbook on pediatric chiropractic. Her textbook, titled Pediatric Chiropractic, is the first of its kind and is the fastest-selling textbook in chiropractic history. I'm so honored and proud to have her as a guest today. Please welcome to the Health Geek Podcast, Dr. Claudia Onrig. Well, I am so excited for today's guest on the Health Geek Podcast. I know that you guys are going to be very excited as well. I just want to welcome Dr. Claudia Onrig. How are you doing today, Doc? I'm doing really great and honored to be on this call with you, Dr. Will, and being able to share as much knowledge on family wellness chiropractic care with you and your audience. Well, I appreciate it so much, and, and I have been looking forward to this uh, for a while now. We've, we've talked about having this thing, and we finally got it scheduled. We were finally working it out, and I just got to tell you one thing. I appreciate you so much for coming on here and taking the time in your early morning uh, to come on here and, and just chat with me. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, so, you know, what I always do with our guests uh, is give them an opportunity to just talk about, you know, how they, where the, what their background is and, and uh, what you do. Um, you're out in Fresno, California. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And I've been a, a chiropractor now for over 30 years, and I've been really honored to be able to practice. Um, I'm a second-generation chiropractor, so I practice uh, with my dad, and my um, my dad's 89 now, and he still covers me. He's retired, but he still covers me when I go out to teach conferences. He he still comes in, and everybody calls him Dr. Adorable, and <laughs> I practice with my brother Daniel, and for 20 years I practice with my sister uh, Susie as well. So we're literally a family practice, and my mom is our solar office manager. So we, we, we work well together. That is fantastic. Can you believe I would love to be practicing at 89 years old? Oh, it, it's crazy good because, you know, for those of you who are not a chiropractor, um, chiropractic itself as a profession is one of the happiest professions. They've done studies on it kind of in the world because we're so satisfied we're able to help people. And, you know, that satisfaction, you know, whether it's when we're a brand-new graduate to, you know, 40, 50 years later in practice, we really love 
serving our community and so forth. But what was really unique in our, our family life is uh, my, um, my uh, mom, when she was pregnant, Dr. Will, with, um, with my uh, sister Susie, uh, she got such severe um, excruciating pain in her lower back and legs. Uh, we went um, to um, all the medical doctors, and they basically said after she would give birth you know, to her child that everything would be fine. Well, after my uh, sister was born, she, didn't, she wasn't fine. She actually got worse. So again, uh, around the doctors, and they all said, well, there's nothing we can do for you. You'll need to basically, you can't wait, bear, stand, or sit. So crawling would be your life. So that was for a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a newborn. My mom was told to crawl. And so one day, my dad went to the grocery store, uh, Dr. Willa, and basically um, a gentleman said, you know, I haven't seen your wife and kids in, in ages. And my, my dad, who's in, um, and my parents are immigrants from Switzerland, says, you need to go see a chiropractor. And my parents didn't even know what that was, but it just sounded so hopeful. So the next day, my, my dad and mom went to the chiropractor and the x-ray examiner. And within six weeks, my mom was walking again. It was just a, a, literally a miracle for oh our gosh. family. So it changed our lives so much that um, at a, about a year later, year and a half later, my dad decided to become a chiropractor, and he was an engineer first, so went back to chiropractic college. And so us, all three of his kids just said, you know, we want to do what dad does. We want to help people out. And so that's why all three kids ended up becoming chiropractors was because we really want we, – we saw it change our lives. And as children of a chiropractor, we never – I never took a pill in my whole life. I, you know, I thought when you didn't feel well, you woke up your dad and you would get an adjustment at 2 in the morning so that you could go to school the next day. So I didn't know the, the, what drugs were. I thought it was get a good adjustment, get good sleep, have a great attitude, um, eat healthy, and that would you – know, that's how you'd stay healthy. So I, I had a different uh, paradigm of being very natural. I didn't know there was a things called drugs out there. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I mean, I didn't, uh, I didn't become a chiropractor until later on in life, and I actually didn't even uh, know what chiropractic was and, until um, in my late uh, 20s, or actually mid, mid-20s. mid um, So I'm so thankful and blessed that I was able to find chiropractic, or chiropractic found me because of a volleyball injury. I actually had back pain uh, from volleyball. But, uh, you know, what was that like growing? Now, everybody is a chiropractor with the exception of your mom and your family. So your brother, your dad, your sister's a chiropractor as well? Absolutely, yes. So, and you're your first It was board. great. It was great working as a family together. It's been a lot of fun. You know, uh, I wish everybody may not be for them, <clears throat> but it worked out really well for us. You know, so... <laughs> you know, I'm going to ask this question. Uh, who adjusts you? <laughs> uh, well, it depends who um, who's uh, down the hallway. So it could be my dad, my brother, where I'm um, with when my sister uh, before she moved to um, Florida. It would have been my sis. So it didn't matter because they were all three. They are three great adjusters. So I, I get an excellent adjustment down the hallway. Awesome, awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about, uh, as you were growing up, you were like getting adjusted twice a week or twice a month. Um, you you. I, I remember reading somewhere or hearing it somewhere uh, that you stayed under, you know, fairly regular chiropractic care uh, because you suffered with something, didn't you? No, actually, I was always the healthy one because um, uh, because we started chiropractic care when well, we were about age five to six is when we started chiropractic care. When my parents moved to Arizona, uh, start, we started a relationship with a the chiropractor there, and then my parents, you know, thought, well, let's go get the kids checked out because my uh, brother had bedwetting and um, 
and asthma issues. My sister had ear infections. And so all three of us kids started under chiropractic care just for prevention and wellness. Mm -hmm. It just made sense to my parents. And so we just started under care since about, you know, my sister by about a year and a half on up. We were all receiving uh, wellness chiropractic care. And just uh, my parents kind of viewed that more of like the European model, that wellness and prevention was the most ideal expression of good health for your family. And so like dentistry, you know, um, a dentistry that might be going twice a year or three times a year, depending on the needs of an individual. Well, in chiropractic, um, this is what I share with my families coming in. It's a little bit different because the spine is this very mobile mechanical thing that needs to keep mobile. And as children, uh, particularly under the age of five and depending on the sports they're playing um, in maybe elementary through high school, uh, we have repetitive stressors, falls, or tumbles that we can take. So the spine has to be checked on a more regular basis. But it doesn't mean, by the way, when we are checking a child's spine every couple of weeks that necessarily they have to be adjusted. But a more wellness-oriented parent would want the child at least to be checked to see if they need to be adjusted and not let a month go by or three or four months go by and let something accumulate and become a more chronic problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even to this day, uh, I am probably adjusted once a week uh, easily. I know that my wife and kids are as well. Um, we sometimes vary from that, but that's uh, to be expected. We have busy lives. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I'm, I'm actually a, about a once a weeker because of uh, the stressors that I have. You wouldn't believe it or not, but chiropractic is a very active sport. Um, so just to talk a little bit more about you, you know, you're a practicing doc. You still practice, uh, but you also are an author and writer. Um, you're a teacher or instructor and, and a uh, speaker as well. Can you talk about some of those things? Absolutely. Um, I've co-edited um, uh, the textbook that's used in chiropractic colleges and by uh, doctors of chiropractic called Pediatric Chiropractic. And um, it was the fastest selling um, textbook in our profession. Very excited about that. And, and the fact that it was, it's, is and currently is um, a, a wonderful reference tool for our colleagues and our instructors in chiropractic colleges. That's with a lot of work getting that, um, mm -hmm. getting that book, nine pound book uh, birthed, but it's, it's been wonderful for our profession. Um, I've been teaching for over 25 years. I just had a natural affinity towards wanting to help people kind of have the kind of practice that I had grown right when I got out of chiropractic college. And so seeing a lot of families, taking care of a lot of pregnant moms, and uh, people just wanted to learn, well, how do you communicate that? And so I started teaching um, seminars. I did uh, take, um, for 20-plus years, uh, Dr. Larry Webster, who was the founder of the largest um, uh, wellness of chiropractic association worldwide, which is called the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. Um, I've helped him design the certification program um, after his passing. I became the first um, president after him for this organization as well as developing the diplomate program and so we grew our organization from a couple hundred uh, chiropractors to over 3,000 chiropractors worldwide wanting to make sure that um, uh, children and the understanding of, uh, of good prenatal chiropractic care was very important for kind of a more wellness lifestyle so I've, I've been involved with that organization and, and now what I've done is I'm mentoring uh, chiropractors um, throughout the world um, and I work with them twice a month so I can really help them develop um, the skills to an, an appropriate handouts. Because if I was a, a young parent and I, I come from a world, we call it allopathic, or it's more kind of um, 
it's more chemically oriented and your heart is pulling in a direction. I don't want to give my kids so many chemicals. Um, isn't there a more natural approach? Well, the person, Dr. Well, that people should, should be number one on their, their advocate team would be their family wellness chiropractor. Not that you wouldn't have a pediatrician or a medical doctor as part of the team, but see, if imagine if families realize that 90%, 90% of what goes on in t- with my the um, organism of my family to be healthy could be taken care of by a chiropractic adjustment, sound baby nutrition, managing our stress, which by the way, the chi- us family wellness chiropractors, we're interested in helping you with that. We could probably meet 90% of the needs of a family, and then if they need the rest of the team members, then that's for the 10%. So I really work on my fellow chiropractors so they can develop that, ask me clinical questions, and, and try to help as many chiropractors out um, reaching their community so we give uh, the best service possible. And then, yes, I do teach um, for state associations and internationally. I travel uh, teaching co- uh, colleagues abroad, uh, and I you know, will teach anywhere from 8 to 12 to 20 hours of uh, continuing education lecture materials. Excellent. You know, and what a lot of people might not know about this uh, is that you can specialize within chiropractic. Chiropractic just isn't for, uh, you know, neck and back pain, what a lot of people might think it's for. Um, you can actually specialize within it for a lot of different things. Uh, you can be basically a pediatric chiropractor. You can be a sports chiropractor. You can be a neurologist chiropractor. You can be, um, what else is there? Um, name a couple more that I'm missing. I, I, some I uh, do a lot in um, nutrition. They're heavily in nutrition. Right. Functional medicine. And, then some do, and some are more injury-oriented, like maybe workman's comp or auto-injury. But uh, there is a big growth uh, now, Dr. Well, in the area of family wellness. It's a, um, a lot of the young students, female and male, in chiropractic college um, are there with the intention that when they get out, they're going to have a prenatal and pediatric family um, chiropractic practice. They want to serve the whole community as well as the seniors, you know, as a part of that. Right, right, right. Um, let's move on to taking care of children. We're, we're going to talk prenatal and postnatal care here in just a little bit, but let's talk about the kids um, and adjusting babies. And I get people all the time whenever I ask them, hey, would you like to have your baby or your child uh, checked out and just checked for subluxation, um, they look at me like I have six heads. And why would you want to do that? Absolutely. That's a great question. Well, first off, one of the reasons why we want to check a baby right after birth is that sometimes it, well, that something that is called birth strain can occur. And birth strain is just the fact that as the baby's coming through the birth canal or in C-section where they may be really um, pulled and stretched that take them um, 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 out with the C-section or the use of forceps or, or section uh, cap is being used. What that does is put a strain, like almost a strained ankle, on the neck or upper back of the baby. And so um, that is why we was not birth trauma, but it's birth strain that we want to make sure that the baby's doing well. Sometimes the baby can be in the wrong position in the last trimester because if the mom is not being adjusted, and her pelvis is not moving correctly, then what happens is the baby can get stuck in the wrong position. Mother's muscles and ligaments are rotating and, and twisting on the baby, and so this can cause um, this can cause everything from torticollis. Uh, this um, because the strain on the baby uh, can maybe be the uh, trigger for colic, reflux, um, TMJ problems, so the baby doesn't latch on really well. And so we always want to do a, a newborn assessment. 
And what we do as, as a chiropractor is we do this gentle palpation. It's this light touching of the joints and the muscles, not like you see as an adult how you're being checked, but so lightly, I mean, just light pressure, and we're examining to see if the little joints of the spine is moving correctly. You see, babies are not going to have neck pain or back pain or headaches, or little children are not going to have that. I call it the six signs of subluxation. And one of the signs, again, would be uh, an uncomfortable uh, baby or a, a child who might be cranky and the behavior seems to be off. Sometimes it could be digestion or elimination uh, for babies and children. Constipation is a prime example of that if there might be a subluxation pattern in their middle back or lower back. And so same thing with colic and reflux and um, positional discomfort where the baby needs to only can only be hold in a certain position because they're uncomfortable. So we always see the subtle signs of what we call the six signs of subluxation. They have nothing to do, Dr. Will, with pain, but has to do with the fact that their child is not at optimal function. Then what we do is we do a very light adjustment. It's not, again, like an adult adjustment, but very light, um, and sometimes it almost looks vibrational as we give a little thrust into the joints, and it's not like an adult adjustment. We don't have to see, because they're not chronic. Often we don't have to see our babies very often, but we like to check them. And I also go with... There is something called the three stages or three windows that it's so important for our children to get checked. Um, if I would say there are the most critical window that a child needs to be checked and be monitored by a chiropractor, I always tell them from pregnancy uh, through the first five years of life, that is the most critical period of time because it's that window where your child's spine should be going straight and beautiful curves uh, from the side, the lordotic or kyphotic curve, that is the window of time. And when children, I always show my parents, when they take falls and tumble, uh, what can happen is they don't have any back pain, but they're growing crooked a little bit or deviated. Important for parents to know it's not that they're having scoliosis but they're just growing crooked and dr well this is where you and i if we're taking an x-ray film on an adult and they're in their 20s and 30s and they have now these chronic neck and back pains that started under the age of five or under the age of 10 mm -hmm. and we see that because we can see an x-ray a lost curve in the neck or a deviation in their lower back or a deviation a crookedness in their middle back that started then started at age 25 that started under the age of five with falls or tumble I call the second window between five and ten and where our kids get into trouble is repetitiveness leaning over the desk and taking their notes and doing their homework technology everybody's bent over wearing backpacks the introduction of sports in their life so we have zero to five five to ten and 10 to 18 and depending on what window of time our young parents start bringing their kids into chiropractic care it may determine how frequent we may need to see the child so if somebody's waited till age 15 to bring their child in versus age two years of age a 15 year old probably will need more care in the beginning versus a two-year-old yeah exactly and you mentioned uh, a couple of things there that i just heard you talk about all the biomechanical stressors of just being a student you know young kids uh, that are in these different windows uh, the critical windows um, and, and how important it is just for a checkup. You didn't say come in for an adjustment. You said come in for a checkup and just let us examine and make sure that everything is, is moving and, and lined up correctly because our structure does equal how well we function. Um, but you know, I read an article the other day, I actually posted it on our Facebook page. It was about digital heroin, how kids are getting addicted at a very, very early age to the iPhone, the iPad, uh, Kindles, whatnot, uh, to playing games, and how that's actually putting not only mental 
stress on them, but also uh, it is putting structural stress on them from like the curves that you just mentioned. Absolutely. And our problem with the um, digital technology, which in one way, it's a blessing. It's an amazing um, technology. It gives us a, um, a lot of wonderful um, access. But the downside is, I mean, I really do believe, like this, the first 10 years of life, I mean, I think, you know, we, I have an aversion for any use of technology whatsoever. It's not, um, first off, you're overstimulating the brain of the child. They're um, not using um, their, their muscles. They're not running and jumping and playing. And, and, so, and that's very important for mapping of the brain. And so what has happened is we've used this as a form of entertainment to quiet our kids down at a dinner table or when they're um, out and about um, or in the car and, um, you know, mom needs a, a, or dad needs a, an hour or two to finish up a project around the house. And I, I believe that a home should be technology-free. And, and if anything, at least in the evening hours when you come home, everybody puts their technology into a basket and you go technology-free from 4 o'clock in the afternoon until bedtime. But the overstimulation, it, basically what it does is, it, it, um, is um, it's capturing the brains of our children and they are so used to the high level of entertainment and activity. Everything else, it's almost like an addiction. Everything else becomes really boring. And so what happens is then it creates behavior problems. So um, it, 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 ideally, we should not bring our kids up with any of that stuff, and we should be real. I mean, once in a while, a movie here or there, fine, but not to the degree of technology or entertainment that we see our culture buying into today. I think we need to be more outdoor, more playing, and absolutely more reading because, again, if you go into the field of education – those children who were read to almost in the womb, those children who are read to um, on a daily basis and begin the reading process have better advantages than those who use heavy technology. Yeah, and, you know, I'm guilty. Uh, I'm a parent, uh, and I'm extremely guilty of this, so I'm, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I'll point it at me. But uh, you just scared the hell out of a, a lot of parents. <laughs> Absolutely, and I want to because, you know yeah. what, I, you know what? I love my parents in my practice, and I, I and no, but I want to be the advocate, and this is why we need to speak up. We're an advocate for the children. Absolutely. If you're a young parent raising your child, and you don't know better because all your counterparts, or your, all your parent friends are doing the same thing, somebody has to tell the truth that this is not good or healthy, and then what we're doing today is how we're going to look or feel in 10 years from now or 15 years from now, and so that's the difference between, uh, as a family wellness chiropractor, we care about how you're doing today, the choices you're making. We're lifestyle specialists, and so that is why we're your advocate. We, uh, Even though you may not want to hear this from us, but we are always going to be your advocate to give you better information. Again, it's you're going to be your choice what you need to do, but we're always going to be your advocate. I agree completely. Uh, that's great stuff right there. Um, one of the things that you wrote for, was this in Pathways? Was it the Did You Know series? Was that in the yes. Pathways magazine that you wrote for that? Um, I actually, um, my Did You Know series is something that um, uh, Doctors of Chiropractic, it's, it's like a subscription mm -hmm. they subscribe to, and they get a monthly factoid of did you know? And so I'm always kind of finding stuff, and then we give it really great graphics, and so that they can educate their patients um, in their adjusting rooms or uh, posted on their Facebook. But we are um, very factored. So every month we come up with something, a did you know series, um, just, a, just some fact that, boy, that would be really shocking. I didn't know that. So well, yeah, so there was one of them that I did not know, and I was shocked by it, just exactly the shock and awe. And that was 23,000 injuries from shopping carts with kids. Yep. 
falling out of them is a really big deal out of it. Absolutely, you know, they just your parent just doesn't, you know, for a minute lets them stand in the shopping cart and they flip over. That's really common, uh, uh, Dr. Well. Another thing that happens is um, 50% of all babies the first year of life get dropped from one high level from the couch, from the oh. bed, from the changing table. So they just roll off and uh, they fall and they don't land. Uh, mom and dad they don't land on their uh, hands and feet, um, mm-hmm. they land on their heads typically. And so those kind of traumas, um, over t- um, over 200 children uh, a year are injured. I mean, um, a death occurs because a television a child got a hold of a TV, the kind of heavier ones that maybe are, they're using flat screen TV now, but they kept their older TV, and the child pulls the television down and lands on them. So there are, we have a lot of injuries. Um, you know, there's over a million emergency room visits a year um, with children who are toddlers because they've taken a fall from a height and so forth because they're curious. And so our children are falls and tumbles all the time, particularly those first five years of life, out of curiosity and just not knowing better. And that's yep. why that's why we promote getting your child checked by a chiropractor on a regular basis. Not necessarily maybe they don't need to be adjusted at that visit, but what did you do over the last two or three weeks that may or may not determine that you need to be adjusted? And that's why we check our children. We do our examinations to let mom and dad know, hey, really good this week. We don't have to do anything. Or you know what? I'm finding something wrong, and it might be the, the sacrum where ch- children fall and tumble on. By the mm-hmm. way, the sacrum region, Dr. Will is very involved with um, the, if that sacrum is um, it's out of alignment, it, then the lumbar spine doesn't grow straight. But also for some children, it could be growing pains. And for somebody else, bedwetting issues. Later on for the young girl, when she uh, got, goes into her menstrual cycle, that could be where she's getting her cramps from. So this is why it's really important to be a, that you have a nervous system specialist. And how a chiropractor is your nervous system specialist is we check the spine, which protects the nervous system. And by watching the spine, we can influence that nervous system in what we call improve what? optimal function that you can express right. yourself that's why if your your kids under regular chiropractic care they'll probably very um it's highly unlikely they'll get colds and flu because your immune system is stronger respiratory system will be healthier they'll have fabulous posture and so forth i can just say in my practice my kids don't grow up to have asthma my kids don't grow up to have ear infections my kids in my practice don't get ear tubes uh, you know so uh, my kids in my practice don't use antibiotics because i'm i'm the primary wellness doctor so we get that checked first and what's unique it's really rare that they end up with with common children issues not in my practice because we practice wellness with our families. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things uh, that I try to encourage people is, is why would you wait? Um, why would you wait until you have a symptom to show up? A lot of these things are silent anyway. You don't even know that they're going on. How do you know if your immune system is functioning correctly or not? Well, you wait until you get a cold or some, or you catch something, correct? Um, I, I tell people with an analogy that, well, why do you change the oil in your car every 3,000, 3,500 miles? Do you do that or do you just wait until the engine falls out before you decide to change the oil? No, you're taking a more preventative approach, something like, uh, what's that old saying? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. 100% right. Um, so, yeah, everybody needs to, uh, to get checked out and, uh, and maintain uh, a high-functioning nervous system to prevent some of these things from happening in the first place. We're, we're so reactionary. We're conditioned to be reactionary. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, the wellness model, um, and, and I know our 
audience out there understands it because you themselves go to the dentist and they bring their kids to the dentist. So we get wellness in in some healthcare, which is you know primarily in dentistry. And what our, our uh, for our adults who have the ability to make choices for their children or for themselves. They need to have a more active um, relationship with their chiropractor because we're the ones that really work with their stressors in their life. We have great recommendations on how to grow a healthy family or how to stay healthy themselves. And so, and we're the ones, we don't want you to wait. And it's like, a, like wait till they have an avalanche. Because remember, to have an avalanche, it's just, it's one last snowflake that gets in a pile and then it makes that momentum of crashing and falling apart and destruction. And so the same thing as your chiropractor, we are really working hard to prevent the accumulation of snowflakes to create your own personal health crisis of an avalanche of, of issues or for your child. And so prevention is the key always. If you look at that, it's the same thing. Are we going to wait to, to take care of an infrastructure of a bridge until it falls apart and we have chaos and death? Or do we, do we go in and take good care of the infrastructure so that bridge engineering-wise can hold up the weight, hold up the stressors? And so we either wait and have a crisis or the other spectrum of crisis is prevention and wellness. I, I just I, I hope people would think prevention and wellness. And my recommendation too, look, if you might have, uh, you may be listening today and you're a young grandparent uh, and maybe your kids are too busy to bring their children, your grandchildren to the chiropractor. I mean, I'm asking you as a young grandparent, you know, step in, step up, get your kids, um, grandkids checked, you know, and even if you have to pay for it out of your pocket, so your grandchildren can have an opportunity to get this kind of wellness care. Get involved because it's your it's your legacy, and we want your grandchildren to be healthy. Yeah, and it's definitely a lot more cheaper now uh, to take care of those things now than to have a catastrophe, an avalanche later. Uh, it's going to be much more costly. Absolutely. So but, go ahead. What were you going to say? Um, one of the things I wanted to um, also share, one of the importance of, of not only children under chiropractic care, but pr prenatal chiropractic care, uh, Dr. Will, is so critical. And as a matter of fact, if you're a patient of a, of a chiropractor now, or if you're a patient of Dr. Will's practice, and you're thinking six months or a year in advance, we want to get pregnant, um, I, we believe in, pre, and that's one of the things I teach Dr. Well when I'm at conferences, is how to really start with preconception chiropractic care. And preconception chiropractic care is where um, your chiropractor is reviewing your stressors, making sure you're doing appropriate exercising, maybe detoxification, getting on a healthy maybe prenatal vitamin and getting regular chiropractic care for you and your spouse because some of the stressors that happen once you're in pregnancy, if you could have had preconception care and have been healthier before you conceive, could like maybe prevent something like tongue tie and other issues. Now, one of the benefits of chiropractic care in first trimester is sometimes our women have higher energy and they don't get morning sickness second trimester because now the weight is starting to come on um, it really helps our women out with um, having good posture and good mechanics of the pelvis because in the third trimester the baby needs to go in at the seventh month go down head down if the baby is not going head down in the last trimester then what that does is it causes in utero constraint and that's when the muscles and ligaments of mom are pushing and pulling on the baby, and that can later on develop into more difficult labor, uh, torticollis, 
um, uh, latching issues because the jaw is out of alignment, so it can create other problems. So prenatal chiropractic is on preconception, prenatal, and for all of our um, women, we always want you to follow up within, if you can, within days after giving birth. Because giving birth, whether you do it naturally, which is our hope, most of our women under chiropractic care get to do that naturally, or it's C-section, your pelvis kind of went through a rodeo. And mm-hmm. so you, you need to get the pelvis checked. And you need to make sure that your stressors are eliminated so that you don't get into postpartum depression. And that's when, when you're coming in for your own check, we always say, let's do a little baby newborn assessment just to make sure everything is in alignment. Now, maybe we don't have to do an adjustment. Maybe we do, but it's always best to get started those first few days of life. Absolutely. And, you know, how many times have you heard this story? I know that I have, is that the mom and the dad were, before they were mom and dad, um, that they were trying to get pregnant, were having difficulty getting pregnant, um, were trying different things. They, the mom heard that chiropractic might possibly be able to help them uh, achieve conception. And so they saw their chiropractor and voila, they did. Yeah, that can be very common. And it doesn't always happen, but there are enough stories amongst all of us that yeah. you know they tried everything else and the major linchpin for that particular individual was that there was an interference to their nervous system, uh, maybe for the function, the quality of function of maybe ovaries or uterus. Um, and yes, you know, within maybe two, three months of chiropractic care, they, they, it, it improved their ability to get pregnant. Absolutely. And for other women, it's the ability to not have a miscarriage because um, it, it balances out the hormonal system. Yeah. And whenever I'm walking uh, my, my mom's, my prenatal care uh, through their through their care plan, uh, their frequency, because there's a hormone called relaxin that is going on. And my goodness, it, it's like you said, it causes so much, uh, change and it's like a daily car accident. Uh, your, your structure is just all out of whack, um, that they have to be checked more frequently as they get further along in their pregnancy. Yes, that's correct. And the reason for that is that if, uh, uh for some of our women, uh, if they started maybe a preconception or prenatal care with us, but they may have had decades, they may have 15 years of a pattern of subluxation is what we call in chiropractic or the biomechanical movement isn't right. So if their first misalignments happened under the age of five and then compounded between five and 18, their pattern has been there since their childhood, but their mom and dad didn't know about chiropractic care, so they didn't get a care. So when we... Uh, are taking care of our, our pregnant moms there, and they never had chiropractic care. They're not just, we're not dealing with their pregnancy, but we're talking about their 15, 20 years of their mm-hmm. baggage of things not functioning right. And so it gets more complicated in a pregnancy. That's why the chiropractor may have to adjust them more frequently in that last, you know, maybe trimester of care. Mm-hmm. And then um, how soon should uh, one of the moms, after she delivers, how, how soon would you want her to come back in uh, to be checked out? Well, for some of my moms, uh, they're they're getting checked right after they're coming home um, uh, from from the hospital or after they've given birth um, with uh, maybe as a, a home birth, and uh, maybe it's a day or two later. So sooner is usually better because you know who best to care for your your structure and your nervous system than your chiropractor. I mean, we're the best team player after you've met everybody else and everything is good and healthy after your birth. So we usually like to say the first few days would be ideal. Excellent, excellent. Um, 
I want to talk about a, a touchy subject if you're okay with it. And uh, sure. that's one of the things that, you know, when you're in the hospital, they're going to want to um, issue out some vaccinations on people or on, on the kids. How do you feel? What, how do you talk to uh, the parents uh, in regards to vaccinations? Well, I, you know, I believe that that's a personal choice. You know, I think what most parents need to understand is that these vaccinations have never been t- uh, scientifically tested to the safety of children. Now, the FDA has approved it because the pharmaceutical companies are saying that you know, if we don't do this, we're going to have pandemic breakouts and so forth. But look, you know, the reason why uh, we have less of these issues, um, uh, these um, diseases around, it's, it, it's a, has come about because of healthier sanitation. We have um, clean water. We don't have fecal matter in water. I mean, if we were going to a third world country, maybe you'd think about and you'd have poor uh, nutrition. You know, I mean, maybe in that world, that might be one issue. But to have that much chemical introduced into the body, one really needs to think about it. Um, it's, uh, you know, ch- uh, children, you know, under the, gosh, under the age of six now are getting over 25 um, vaccinations on an average, uh, depending on what state you're li- living in. It's a high bombardment. And so you wonder, you know, is there a link, as many people are concerned with autism and ADD, ADHD, and sensory issues. And so since the fact that, you know, I, I always tell everybody, really simple, if there's no research that supports it, or at least give us a test that we could test our children before you would vaccinate them to see if they're susceptible to injury. Why isn't that test available to, to young parents? Uh, then the, the, the next thing too is if it's, if it's so safe, why would it be that your pediatrician or the hospital would not sign a waiver if my child is damaged by these chemicals, you will take on the lifetime of my child injuries, you'll take it on on a financial level. You, you would never have them sign that because they know there's a risk involved. And so I believe that um, I think everybody should go to nvic.org. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the national vaccine um, organization that was created by parents who had injured children for vaccination. So I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think you should study up on that. Yep. Uh, one of my uh, favorite books, uh, please uh, go to uh, Dr. Lauren Feder, F-E-D-E-R, uh, Dr. Feder is a holistic medical doctor, and she's written two books, Natural Pregnancy and Natural Baby and Child Care, but she also wrote a book on vaccination. And as a holistic medical doctor, she looked at the pros and cons, and she writes in the book, here's the advantage if you vaccinate this way, but here's a contraindication. And after her own personal study, her journey on that, she wrote a book about it, because after looking at the pros and cons, Dr. Feder decided not to vaccinate her two boys, because she felt that the risk was too high and so i it's a very touchy subject i mean i'm very blessed my parents again being european when they got um had us children here uh we my parents thought gosh that that's that's too many chemicals it didn't make any sense and so forth so i'm very fortunate i was never vaccinated uh probably 80 percent of my practice after they choose to study this because that's all i believe is saying about 80 percent of my practice choose not to vaccinate because they're thinking you know what the risk does not outweigh the benefit, and they're not going to a third world country. So it, it is a touchy question. Mm-hmm. I think it's a personal choice. But remember, once a vaccine is given, that's like shooting, you know, if you, it's releasing the arrow. Once you, you release the arrow, you can't grab it back and undo it. So you have, it's like, it's like a surgery. You can, once you do the surgery, you can't undo a surgery. Once you give right. a vaccine, and that's the risk. It's like Russian roulette. Is my, could my child be the susceptible one to be damaged? And that's a kind of, it, it, it's a tricky question. 
Yeah, and another thing that uh, I think that we uh, overuse is uh, the use of antibiotics. We tend to uh, reach for antibiotics whenever we have some kind of symptom all too often. Uh, in one of the books that I read uh, by Dr. Josh Axe uh, called Eat Dirt, have you heard of this book? No, I have not. He This is uh, kind of centers around uh, gut flora and leaky gut and the cause of leaky gut. Uh, and he says, all the ways that we diminish our gut flora, by far the most devastating practice in the United States is the overuse of antibiotics. And I see that too, you know, with, with uh, ear infections. Um, the, the first thing, instead of getting adjusted, to, um, is to reach for an antibiotic. Well, and I'll, I'll take it even a step further. The problem is that um, I bet that most parents, not knowingly, um, when their ba baby starts their first teething, uh, they think their child has an ear infection because they're drooling and they might have a fever and they're picky eating and not sleeping well through the night and their, their bowels may be off a little bit. And so they, mommies and daddies race off um, to their pediatrician and because the pediatrician is in a hurry, uh, they don't believe too much in the teething symptoms. Um, and, and here's the downside. They're not doing the cultural test. Uh, that You should have a culture test done, uh, and this is what the American Academy of Pediatrics talks about. But what they do is they turn around and prescribe the first antibiotic, and most of the time that's for teething symptoms. And so rather than get, getting adjusted, using maybe homeopathic remedies, uh, the amber necklaces, it to soothe teething, first antibiotics are introduced with most children today with their first tooth coming in at a month three, four, or five. And so, look, as a chiropractor, we're not anti-drugs or chemicals. I just tell my patient population, look, I just want you to stay healthy. So when you really, 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 really need to have it at about age, you know, 89 or whatever, then <laughs> you have it then. But let's the less chemicals now. So if there's a life or death situation, it really works with you. There's a, they did a review of some studies, over uh, 100 studies review with antibiotics that one in medicine to help one child with an antibiotic, they treat eight. So, uh, so unscientifically, they're, they're, they're throwing a two kids under the bus with too many antibiotics. And the problem is the downside is now we're getting bacterial resistance. So the children are now being bombarded with antibiotics. First, you're ruining your gut, you're ruining your own immune system. But secondly, now you're developing a resistance. So should there something occur where it's really life and death, the thing is that the antibiotics or uh, the resistance is built up in their system. It, nothing's going to work anymore. And look, even look, uh, British Medical Journal, uh, Little and Gould, um, you look at American Academy of Pediatrics, they're saying wait and watch. I mean, minimally 72 hours. Most of the time, the body fever is a natural thing. It's an innate, inborn intelligence that when I'm trying to fight off something, I'm going to raise my temperature up. Um, to fight and battle it, kill it off internally, and then my temperature will lower down. So usually, I tell my parents, well, at least minimally wait at least three to four days before you decide to do something. But in those three or four days, it's check nutrition, like take out sugar and gluten and all that other stuff. But most mm -hmm. importantly, get adjusted. That could be a real helpful tool. And it's tough. You know, it's a, it's a tough thing as a parent to stand by and watch, right? And just watch a body do what it's supposed to do when you, when you don't really know if you're doing the right thing or not. And you don't want to see your kids suffer. So it, it is tough to just kind of um, hold and, and watch. Yep, it's a challenge, but you know what? You know, we've been having fevers for centuries, oh, and yeah. it's it's not it's life or death. And the thing is, is uh, between adjustments, 
good maybe supplementation, uh, change a diet. A week as your family wellness chiropractor, we can, we, Dr. Will, we can help our mm-hmm. parents go through those tough times and so forth. And that might be for some of you parents, that, like even in my own practice, that if your child's really going through a bad kind of sick fever time, I might have you bring back your child in my practice twice a day or three times a day and get you adjusted a couple of times so that we get up and over that. So within 24, 72 hours, just like if you're adjusting your own kids, uh, kids get over it quicker sometimes, but we may have to check them two or three times that day. Absolutely. I have learned so much through our discussion today. This has been fantastic. And I, and I know that other people that are going to be listening to this, uh, they're going to say the exact same thing. Um, so where can some folks get some more information about you um, or something else on, on you? Uh, well, you can follow me on Facebook, uh, Claudia Enrique, DC. They're welcome to um, just, I, I just sometimes post where I might be teaching at, although uh, my teaching is as four fellow chiropractors. Uh, but uh, also, you can uh, f- uh, follow me through uh, Dynamic Chiropractic. I write articles for, again, my chiropractic colleagues. But you know what? Uh, all those wonderful little articles I'm writing really work. One, I mean, that's something there you might just like, wow, I didn't know that. So they can follow me through my writings with Dynamic Chiropractic. Um, on my website is more geared for chiropractors, so that probably won't be as a helpful tool. Mm-hmm. But you could go, um, if you go to Dr. Claudia Onrig, and that's A-N-R-I-G dot com, Dr. Claudia dot com. Go to free stuff, and there's some really nice handouts to some stuff that you could maybe want to print off for yourself uh, to use in your family. Absolutely. And then also, you know, this is going on iTunes and SoundCloud and uh, a couple different places. So people across not only the United States actually could pick this up around the world. Um, But there's a website where if you're trying to find a good chiropractor that does family wellness in your area, um, go to icpa4kids.org. You want to touch touch on that just a little bit? Absolutely. Um, this organization, we have over 3,000 chiropractors. Um, they have gone through cer- post-certification program. They have um, added um, beyond their uh, years of chiropractic college. They've now gone in and have ex- expanded their knowledge. So when you go to icpa4kids.org, and that's a number four kids, uh, dot org. It will um, you just will put in your zip code your, of your county community, and they will try to find you somebody. And um, typically, we we have throughout North America, and in Australia, the UK, and Europe, we have um, amazing chiropractors who really work on caring for the pregnant mom and and for children and so forth. So it's a great place to get started and to read a lot of stuff on. It's go to icpa the number four kids dot org. Fantastic. Well, this has been a lot of great information for uh, for families and, and for moms and dads to hear. Um, and I encourage you, if you're listening to this right now, I encourage you to uh, share this with other people that might need to hear this so that, that you know, hey, this is a, a friend of mine or a family member of mine that, that really could benefit from hearing this information. So please share it with them. And, and as always, I would love for you to to like and subscribe and uh, share this podcast with others that uh, you feel that could could uh, use it. Well, Dr. Claudia, thank you very much for coming on here and spending your uh, Thursday morning, Thursday, September 1st, <laughs> with me. I greatly appreciate it. Um, you've been so awesome to come on here and do this with me. You are so welcome. And again, I hope everybody 
It's motivated to look at things in life as more in prevention, prevent the avalanche of life. Don't let your kids grow up now to be age 30 or 40 having a chronic problem. And like dentistry, as a parent, you have a great opportunity to introduce a fabulous lifestyle choice that will last for your children for decades. Absolutely. That wraps it up for this episode. But why stop here? Head on over to the online home of Dr. Will at thrivefamilychiro.com where you can learn more about being a true health geek. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Dr. Will's Health Geek Podcast.